Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. In the text just read for us, Jesus made a very clear, two very clear and specific declarations. The first one is, I have come into this world to bear witness to the truth. The second one is, everyone who hears me listens to my voice. This morning I want us to think, why did my Savior come to earth? He gives us a number of reasons in Scripture as to why He did. This morning I want us to think of this first one. He came to bear witness to the truth. But then tonight... We're going to handle the second one of those. All who come to me, listen to my voice. Let's think for just a minute about what it means when Jesus said, I have come to bear witness to the truth. It is not by chance that John is the one who records this in his gospel. In fact, we could call, we might could refer to the gospel of John as the gospel of truth. He gave us his theme at the end of the book in chapter 20, starting in verse number 30. John said, Truly many other signs Jesus did in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe. And that in believing you might have life through His name. John's whole purpose for writing, God's purpose for using John to write, was to say Jesus really is who he says he is. You can trust it. It is true. The Greek words that we can translate as true or truth or even truly, that Greek word and its forms are used over... 130 to 140 times in the New Testament. John, alone in his gospel, uses 25% of them. John really is the gospel of truth. And John, in wanting us to know that Jesus has come as truth, to bear witness to the truth, John, more than any other writer, gives us images of who Jesus is. And in those images are contained the truth to which he came to bear witness. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. To see Jesus as the image of the Word is to know that He speaks the truth 
from God. All things were created by him. Without, enough, without him was nothing made that was made. John 1 verse 3. In the image of the creator, we see the true beginning of this world. John chapter 1 verse 9. After John the baptizer has said, I'm not the light. I came to bear witness of the light. And then he says of Jesus, he is that true light who shines to everyone born into the world in the image of light. He's also in John 8 and verse 12 called the light of the world. As the light, Jesus shines truth everywhere he points, and it shines in and through him. John 1 in verse 18. No one has seen the Father at any time, but the only begotten who is from the Father has declared us to him, as, or has declared him to us, as the only begotten in that image, he can truly tell us who God really is. The truth of God shines through Jesus. John 1, verse 29. John the baptizer looked up from the river Jordan and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In the image of the Lamb is seen the true sacrifice for sin. The true sacrifice to take away sin. And when I see Lamb, you can't help but think of sacrifice. John chapter 1 and verse number 41, Andrew looked at Simon Peter, his brother, and said, You need to come. We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. Truly, he is the one the Jews had been looking for throughout all of their history. He is the real Christ the real anointed one, the Messiah. John chapter 6 and verse 32, John refers to Jesus in this image. He is the bread of heaven. In that image, Jesus is the true meal, the true feast. He is the true sustenance for spiritual life. John chapter 10 and verse 7. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. Anyone enters the sheepfold must come through me. In the image of the door, it is Jesus who grants access, true access to God. It can be found 
in no other place. John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. As the good shepherd, he truly leads where the sheep need to go. It may not be where they might want to go, but it is where they need to go. And if they will follow, truly they will get to that place. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit is taken away. And any branch that bears fruit is pruned to bear more fruit. In the image of the vine, he speaks of the connection that we can have to God. It's a true connection. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to wonder. But through Jesus is that true connection. And then John uses the words of Jesus in the triumvirate statement of John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John is the gospel of truth. And in all of these images, we find truth from Jesus engulfed in these images. So, what is the truth to which Jesus came to bear witness? What's he talking about? I have come to bear witness to the truth. Is he talking about all of the Old Testament prophecies that said he is coming, look for him, here he is? Well, certainly. He taught that. Matthew chapter 5, he said, I did not come into the world to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. I didn't want it to be ripped up to shreds. I came to fulfill it because that's what all the prophets had said before. Did he come to verify the truth of the Mosaic law? Well, certainly he did. He taught that. He said, if anyone fails to keep the least of these commandments will be least in the kingdom of heaven. And if anyone does all of these commandments, he'll be great in the kingdom of heaven. So the Mosaic law to which he was speaking was valuable and true, and he was testifying to that truth. What about the new covenant under which we live? Did he come to testify of that truth? Yes, he did. Some of his final words in Matthew 26 and verse 28, as he set up the Lord's Supper, he turned to the cup and he said, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. When Jesus came into the world to bear witness of the truth, he did say, The prophets were true. I fulfilled every one of them. 
The Mosaic law was true. You better keep every part of it. But the new covenant is coming, and you must be a part of it. So which one of these did he say, I have come to bear witness? Not any one of them, but rather all of them. When Jesus said, I have come to bear witness to the truth, I think he was talking about ultimate truth, the concept of truth, eternal truth. And all of these other things that are true flow from the eternal truth, which is what Jesus came to witness, to testify about, eternal truth, reality. What is really true is that moral fabric that lies behind every person and in everything. And he verified that truth does exist. And I think that's what he was intending to do. Tonight we're going to notice that the concept of truth is sort of up for grabs. But Jesus came to say there is real, verifiable truth. After saying that he was the way, the truth, and the life, he said, John 14, 7, If you had known me, you would know my Father also. From now on, you know him and you see me. And Philip said, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus came to declare ultimate truth. I read a statement from a man this week who said, Jesus made a statement not only clear, but also it has power behind it. Think about this. In John 8 and verse 24, John said, recording Jesus' words, Except you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. That word, I am, is the name that God gave of himself in the Old Testament. Moses said, I don't even know who you are, God. You're sending me to Egypt. I don't even know who this is. If they ask me, who is it that sent you? I don't even know your name. And God said, I am. And right there before those Jews, when Jesus said, except you believe that I am, they heard, unless you believe that I am God of the Old Testament, I have his name, you'll die in your sins. They wanted to kill him. Blasphemy, they said. 
this writer wrote about that concept. He said, this is either a statement from someone with superhuman authority or superhuman arrogance. You decide. I am. Here's the truth. Is that authority expressing itself? Or is that arrogance bragging about itself? Look through the gospel accounts. Almost never do you see Jesus arguing with people. You know what he did instead? He said, look, see. He gave parables so that they could look at something concrete and get a conclusion. He didn't fight. He invited them to look. And to bear witness of the truth, Jesus invites you and he invites me. Just look. This word for truth, aletheia, includes the concept within it of sincerity or sincere. While I was doing some reading, I found that there is a bit of a controversy, a bit of a discussion about the origin of that word. There are two stories told that some say it happened and some say, I don't know, we can't find record of that. They say that this some people say that the word sincere is a Latin word, sine sera. Literally means without wax. In the Roman times, in the marketplaces, when they would sell honey, those distributors of honey would yell, Sinacera, Sinacera. Our honey has no wax in it. They tell another story that says during those times when those artisans would make marble columns or marble tops, and if they had a problem or a crack or something didn't go well, they would take wax and fill it in and make it blend in with the rest. The problem is, when exposed to sun, time, weather, the wax would melt away. And the flaw would then be seen. It was not. Sinacera. Jesus says, 
I am truth. I am Sinisera. I am without wax. I'm real and true. Now, whether or not those stories are true as far as the origin of the word, everyone accepts that the word means pure, morally upright, straightforward. Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. The sincere, straightforward truth that he invites us to look and see. John 8, verse 32, our verse for the day. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It is knowledge of truth that brings freedom. Just think about countries in the world today who are not permitted to know what's going on in the world. It's repressed. One of the reasons they do that is because if you keep knowledge and information away from people, you can control them. Because all they're going to get is what you tell them, and through that medium, you can control them. And the oppressive countries of the world don't want information. They don't want the people to be educated. They don't want people to know truth. And Jesus verifies why. Because truth sets you free. I didn't see Greg Collins, but if he were here, I think they may still be under quarantine. He would know immediately, and Cheryl might know too, Here's an old song from the rock days of my youth. You don't know what you got till it's gone. What did you appreciate? January 2020. What do you now in February of 2021, appreciate. Put a whole different spin on things, didn't it? We've been locked up, locked down. Freedoms have been taken away, at least the kinds of things that we have enjoyed all of our lives. We don't know what we've got till it's gone. And now, we can't wait to get it back. People are not just locked down physically. So many people are locked down and incarcerated 
in the jails of their own spiritual ignorance. Some because they don't know who Jesus is, the truth. That information is locked away from them. They don't have it. Maybe they don't want it. But they are imprisoned in their own ignorance. Others have it. We know it. We live in it. It's ours. But we create our own prisons by not following through with what we know to do. And so we're stuck in the prison of guilt and shame, disappointment, and despair in our own selves. But Jesus said, I've come to bear witness to the truth. And when we find and live that truth, we find what real freedom is all about. Jesus would also say, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Real, true freedom. Sadly, some people don't even know that they're not free. They don't know it. They live in a great country. They have a great family. They have a job. They're cared for. But they don't know that they're in prison because they haven't yet realized that without being a child of God, you're not free. You're in prison. Maybe today you're ready to obey Jesus, to come to the truth and find the freedom that exists in Him. Maybe you need help in your life as a Christian to learn to be and live the life of freedom. Maybe you're just glad that you know the freedom of Jesus. And you just want to say thank you, Lord, for that. We always offer an opportunity for anyone to get right with the Lord. For those gathered in this room and those gathered online, find the Lord, find freedom. Listen to the sincere truth of Jesus. If we can help you today, will you come as we stand and sing? We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.